0: This week on Kettle of Fish, actor and comedian strangling Jack stops by to talk about comedy horrors and 100-night journeys.
1: Welcome to our after show, we call Kettle of Fish, the no-politics laughter show. It's time for Kettle of Fish, no debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip, so hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the fun, no politics laughter show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, and models about life, love, and the creative process. And all right, maybe a little bit about politics. I am your seafaring, podcasting captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you live as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my chainsawed wheeling, my dead-eye killing, my groovy badass producer, the ash to my fruit seller, D, who does things, Prizer.
0: I love it. Like, that's just awesome.
1: I feel uh, like um, um, when I'm doing the intro now, I should sound like the pirate guy from Spongebob. I'm your she-faring podcasting <laughs> captain of <laughs> That can work. Right? Yeah. yeah then I'll probably get, get fucking sued by the Cartoon Network cabal. And nobody um, wants yeah. that nonsense in their life. No, no, no. That would be no, horrible. We,
0: we had about uh, a dusting of snow last night. I was so excited. You know, we live in East Tennessee and I'm from Indiana, so I need my white Christmas. Haven't had it in a couple of years.
1: You uh, say and my dusting cousins. Of snow to me is like you saying like me saying dusting of anthrax to you. I <laughs> fucking hate snow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. No, I'm a little jealous because my cousins live in Texas and their kids are out playing in like an inch and a half of snow
1: and all this stuff. And I'm just like, but it's okay. All right, well, let me get Fern in here, a girl who drinks and knows things. And she even knows things that she doesn't know she knows because drinking is fundamental. Fern, the moist voice, heart. (laughs) Fern, there's all kinds of moisture going on in your house today. There's a
2: ton of moisture going on in my house. There's some <laughs> sort of crazy bug that's whipping through the house right now, and I've had to clean up. Oh, God, you Is don't want to know. Just, it's a dusting of bodily it's fluids Ebola? in this house
1: right now. It's, like, really gross. It's Did really gross. Obama finally um, unleash his evil secret army of the 12 Ebola monkeys? <laughs> On, yeah. on an unwilling and unwaiting America.
2: I think that was a deviation. I think that was just a distraction because I'm pretty sure this is the SARS. Um, it's just, it's bad, dude. And I'm totally jealous about the snow. I mean, I'm from Maine originally. I live in Virginia Beach, and we it's cold as hell, but no snow. But I think my parents got uh, 130 inches last year, 135 inches, something like that. And I was totally jealous. I mean, the snow was right up to the bottom of the... Uh,
1: the did bathroom they get window <laughs> footage of obama's evil harp weather machine
2: um no but they did they did write in the snow like sos save us trump in the snow so maybe that's to blame um i can blame and, them cause,
1: and t's are now s's in this particular situation says our orwellian okay. overlord yeah
2: i th- i think it would be more t-i-t instead of s-o-s because <laughs> so, <laughs> that dude is a boob sorry
1: Oh my god, we're gonna get fucking droned. <laughs> it's okay. We're okay. It's All right. Um, let's take care of some business and get our guests in here today. D, week after week, Fern will email me or talk to me on the phone right after the episode and go, you know, we didn't mention um, our network or our YouTube channel. I know. We're so bad. Take yes. Note in my fucking face right here that we have to start mentioning this stuff.
0: That's good. You know, I mentioned the same thing and I completely forgot. Uh yeah. If you miss this or anything else or miss it in its entirety, you can always go to www.tincan.media
1: and that's it. So what I'm supposed to do is go to tincanmedia.com, right? No, 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 just no.
0: Type in Tin Can, like the Tin Can telephones we used to have as kids, tincan.media, hit enter, poof, you're there. Um, And I do want to point out our newest, addition to everything Tin Can is tincan.media slash D, D E E, that is me. And I do things like Sing. Yeah and I, that's why I knew I had to be specific. Like Sing um, and my new Mary Kay business, which I'm having so much fun with. And any other thing that I do. If I cook something cool, I will show you. If I find a new thing, um, any little thing. And I have finally started putting videos of myself stinging up. After I auditioned for American Got Talent this year, I realized I had no more excuse. So, yes. A turtle so, has hands.
1: emerged from her shell. Yeah. I can see your little turtle yeah. head now.
2: I'm trying to figure yeah. out, if Dee does things, and I drink and know things, and Nick says things, where does this put us on the speak no evil, hear no evil, see no either scale? We're evil, very, evil scale. very
1: we're very, very naughty Ebola monkeys. We well, always yeah, say, yeah. which monkey are we? Ebola. we're, we're, no. we're the one who says screw it and does it all. I'm trying um, but to get yeah. Ebola back and nobody's picking <laughs> picking it up. I want the Ebola scare to come back.
0: You want the
1: Ebola and it keeps just coming across a my while. memories for this time of year, like in two thousand and twelve, mm-hmm. like these comments I put up in the comment threads are like, It's bullshit, Ebola's coming to get us all, they're lying about mm-hmm. it, we're all gonna have Ebola soon and I just like you know, I wonder oh, how they feel today. They... Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure anyway, North Korea um, will
2: wipe us out before that happens. Yeah,
1: well, that gives be a little bit sure. of comfort.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, go to tincan.media and go to YouTube and hunt for Tin Can Media there, and you will see videos of these various random things. We are working on editing our trip to go see the Piss, and spoiler, we interviewed part or yeah, part of the Piss while in the ball pit at April's house. That is a full size, grown-ups can get in, ball pit. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, but all so, of these guys were there. Only half of them were in the ball pit with us. Yeah,
0: they were all there. Just only some of us were in the ball pit. It was fun. Um, I found a lighter. There were apparently other things that could have been he found in there. I never
1: stuck did. Your foot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun. So, but until then, um, next week from Rept and the new show Rollertown. And just a whole plethora of other fun things. We're gonna have actor George Basil, um, who the way, you recognize clarify,
1: as Town is a movie from 2011. Oh, is it? See, I thought it was new. It's fabulous. I love it. He's on Wrecked and Flaked. That's on um, Netflix. On um, yeah, and No Tomorrow and No Tomorrow. Yeah, from CW. Life. Crashing.
0: Yeah, yeah. He does all kinds of stuff. It's craziness. So uh, he's gonna be on next week. On Kettle of Fish, and then on our next funny thing about politics from most recently The Orville, um, as well as about a hundred other things, actor James Morrison is going to be joining us. Squeal! Yas! This Friday, we are having Drunken Trivia once again. Yo! We're going to have comedian Derek Sheen, and we are going to play with all sorts of trivia. From some of the biggest stories of the year, and so all of you need to call, not call in, but listen in and play along with us because it's going to be fun. It's been a while since we've done some drinking trivia. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, and if anything <laughs> will make you want to fucking drink, it'll be a recap of 2017. <laughs> yes, it will.
2: We totally oh, thought 2016 ben. was bad. And yeah, 2017 has far surpassed the, the crazy fucked upness. It's what? been ridiculous. Even bigger
1: asshole, take that. Like Baby New Year's <laughs> was like fucking smoking a meth pipe in <laughs> armed with an AK-47. Yeah, the that fat pipe the adorable... has been thrown out, hasn't it, Nick? Yeah, the fat pipe's yeah. gone. The, day, like, the days of the adorable big-eared... You know what I'm saying? Like, doe-eyed Baby New Year's from the Rudolph cartoons we grew up with. That, that, that baby's dead. Oh, yeah. Baby New yeah, Year from we... the 80s is fucking gone. You got well, you know Baby what it was? from
2: the uh, Looney Tunes cartoons that smokes the friggin' cigars when he gets off. I think it was from Roger <laughs> Rabbit. Yeah, he's, that's, that's what we got.
0: Oh, God, yes. But before that, well, after that, uh, just before Christmas, we are going to do our 21 Punk Salute on our next episode of Musical Osmosis. Uh, We're going to have Steve Moriarty from The Gets, Danny Cox from The Feathers, Rick Sims from The Digits, Dave Smalley from Down by Law and Dag Nasty, Jason from Narcoleptic Youth. And then (sighs) we did it again. We are having the giant end of the year show on the 29th. Um, You don't want to miss it, but if you do... Do I
1: ever overdo things? I said, let's do a three-hour episode, because well, we're usually on air for a couple hours, and everyone's like, oh, okay, and then I was like, guess mm-hmm. what? It's a five-hour episode. I booked 16 people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, but no worries. Uh, you'll be able to, of course, check it out on tincan.media afterwards if you can't handle the whole um, the whole binging. Uh, yes, speaking of
1: binging... Well, we are going to gonna gonna have William huh? Sanderson from Deadwood and Newhart, Travis Harmon. Yes. From um, Claw, this really cool band he's in and Red State Update, comedian Allison Klemp, our friend Mike Bushman, rapper B-Squid, the Library Bart, which is, of course, Xander and Bonnie, John Lear, of course, our pal John Lear from <laughs> everything, Angela Golner and Yori, which are from um, Benj, the new mm-hmm. series we've been uh, Benj Delicate for, Jenny Jaffe, Deborah Lamb, Corey Clark from Warrior Soul, and magician Steve Trash. And Joe you- Castro. Oh, and Joe yeah. Castro. Bad host. I knew I was going to skip somebody. Yeah, more effects, special effects guru, Joe Castro. So could we end the year any more strongly than that, Fern? Some of our favorite guests.
2: Dude, I am so excited and fearful um, because I do like to enjoy a nice adult beverage when I podcast. And um, it's going to be five hours, so... Um, I'm either gonna be really, really fun by the end of the episode or I'll be passed out, one of the others. But you'll have to tune in to find out which. Does Fern you pass get out surly? before the podcast ends.
1: How do I get Surly Fern? It's like, you know what, you motherfuckers.
2: You're know, fucking tired of Ah, oh, see. Slurry fern comes out when vodka fern comes out. Now when I start drinking the vodka, that's when I start speaking cursive. So that's how you get slurry fern. But I'm I'm smart enough to drink beer during the podcast instead of vodka. The vodka's for the after party.
1: Why, you, know, you guys don't give me a crap. Why is it it's called Kettle Fern, huh? <laughs> I could be fishing. Why is it I f-
2: love you guys, man. I really oh, miss yeah. you. I want you to come back to Virginia Beach.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's about what you get.
2: Good yeah. times.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get today's guest in here. Do we have a guest? He probably hung up. He's probably snoozing. We've been drilling.
0: <laughs> no, today, from one of my. I, it, you know, if there's a musical that I would have loved to see, it would have been...
1: I know, we anyway. kept saying we're going to go out to Vegas and hang out with Brent and hang out with Chris and go see the we musical, it, and so. we suck.
0: But yes, one of my favorite actors of the day, um, the always charming, incredibly handsome Mr.
1: Strangling Jack himself. Wow, incredibly oh, yeah. handsome. Okay, happy holidays, and incredibly <laughs> handsome Chris Weidman.
3: Hey, I'll take it
1: <laughs> Right on, thank you for calling in today
3: Hey, thank you guys for having me
1: It's been far too long since you've been on the show I know, little... I, I have like it. A little... Sundays are <laughs>
3: hard for me, you know <laughs> What yeah. was that?
1: I thought we kind of hit a little abyss here We haven't had any kind of um Chris Weidman strangling Jack on the show for, God, a couple years now
3: couple years, yeah, I, I've been waiting, I've been chomping at the bit to get back on too
1: well, it's a dream come true. Then, um, let me tell that's you right. <laughs> you. Dreams fulfilled, Fern. Um, let me tell you about this. I checked out your new series, One Hundred Nights with Strangling Jack, and ah. I tell you, I actually learned more about you in that first twenty-two minute episode than in three years of friendship. I learned so much <laughs> yeah. about like your improv background and impersonations and all that. It was a really good, put like well put together. Piece
3: of video. Nice. Thank you very much. I I was a little worried about that first episode because it is so much about my background. Like the whole rest of the series is is about comedy and how to do it and how to write jokes and all that stuff. But that first episode, I had to introduce myself. And so I'm like, is this like just like a 22 minute friggin' demo reel or something like that? But people seem to like it so far. So. Thankfully,
1: yeah. and um, I was watching a second episode today and it's already got five hundred and sixty four likes zero down thumbs, which I don't know how anybody today in this toxic environment. I mean, I could put a video up of like a basket of puppies and it's going to get some hate. You got zero down thumbs and almost five thousand views. So it seems like the show is really gaining momentum.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, a lot of people are, are like, like, I haven't heard anything bad about it yet. I'm sure that's coming. It like, It's weird, like with, with video projects, it's like they hit this plateau. It's like, oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. And then one person says, this sucks. and then, <laughs> But so far, that hasn't happened yet. So thankfully.
1: Well, tell us about the um, project. What kind of encouraged you? I know you made a big move from L.A. to our favorite town, the New Orleans. Um,
3: what yeah. kind of made
1: you make that jump? We'll get into Evil Dead here shortly, but let's just kind of focus on 100 Nights with Strangling Jack. Like, how did you come up with this premise? And are you do you feel like you're kind of starting over again from scratch?
3: Well, in in a way, because because uh, I'm starting a, a new uh, field of work, I guess. But like. I've got so much comedy experience, and, and like, I, like all the jokes you see on there are probably like ten years old and stuff like that because I've I've just been collecting jokes over the years and and like uh, transcribing them from like my old sketches and stuff. So I have, so it's still kind of a continuation of what I've been doing, but in a different way. You know,
2: that's very cool. You know, I I saw I that. that- that series and what really what really got me was just seeing the the work that's behind it like I had no idea the amount of immense work and everybody's different processes like some people make lists or other people will um, you know d- d- I, it's just amazing the process that you go through to write jokes and, and how in-depth it is and how crazy it is and I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate the amount of work that goes into that so that's really good that you brought that to the forefront
3: oh yeah it, it's like uh, Many people will say it's the, uh, the hardest art form out there because you have to write everything. You have to deliver everything. There's a, like a sweet spot. It can't be too loud. It can't be too quiet. Yeah, I mean, like everything has to be on time and everything. And, and people hate you if you suck. Like, <laughs> they, don't, uh, they, they don't like, oh, well, that wasn't good. They're like, oh, that guy fucking sucks. I never want to see him again. You know, can I cuss? I just
1: realized. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh,
3: yes. Good. The more the better. Oh, okay, good. All right. There we go. If and I forgot you know, the people rules. People tuning out. Yeah, it People were
1: like, we're out of here. They would take <laughs> less from us.
3: <laughs> what, prudes? Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about this transition then um, from where you were and the Evil Dead live show to where you are now. Do you think it's been a pretty seamless transition? Or do you get the jitters going up there and you're kind of like, I mean, you're used to being on stage? Yeah, so, but I, it's a. Com- Yeah, is it a completely
3: different experience? It's a completely different experience. Because, like, uh, with improv and with uh, being on stage in, like, a show or even movies and stuff like that, you've got always someone to, to work off of, you know? Uh, but with stand up it 's and a microphone against the audience and it 's like a battlefield <laughs> you know I mean? and like uh, and so you 'll see in there like uh me like just every time i 'm up there i 'm like pacing around and saying um and you you can see the nervousness whereas if you watch uh, any of the shows of that it doesn 't you know it looks like i 've been doing it for a thousand years you know it it looks natural, but up there it's just it 's just it'cause it's it 's weird like you have to do stand up for like two years before you stop, like just being nervous and and uh, like not in your own skin. Like with improv, I go up there and it's like another person takes over and this amazing thing happens. And stand up, that is not the case.
1: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about Evil Dead then, because like you said, you were kind. Of, that was kind of old hat to you when you're up yeah. here on the comedy side of it and doing this stand up. Does it feel like a new experience to you as opposed to Evil Dead? I mean, is it like recharging you? Was Evil Dead getting old to you? Or you're like, oh, man, dude, I've done this a thousand times. I've sung these songs and said these exact same lines a thousand times. Was that getting kind of flat for you? Is this a total recharge?
3: Not really, because I, 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 you know, I grew up with the series. I, I, I love Bruce, and, and like, uh, it, it, it fit me very well. You know? uh, and I was also able to change it up. Like Almost every night, I kind of do something a little different. Oh right on. And so that kept it fun for for me I mean and and not like you know' it's something completely different to where like the fans are like, what is this you know but uh, but just different deliveries, different you know like maybe adding in some little improvisations here and there uh, but uh, but it was always it, it stayed fun so I, I I didn't hate it. It was just like uh, it was more like the the show was on an obvious downturn, and I kind of <laughs> and, uh, with the with the politics in the show, I was just like, you know what? i need to move on I, I, I can't be locked into this as much as i love it i gotta, well, I that's gotta funny get to the next stage because
1: you sent me that message saying you know i'm no longer with the show because of the politics i was like really there was politics <laughs> involved like <laughs> one do, do you sign a contract when you sign all these guys that you'll perform for a certain length of time and two what was the pot um the politics that kind of led to its demise is it's i don't even know if that's still around is evil dead Live no. still performing in vegas
3: no, no uh I am hoping that uh that that someone that really enjoys the franchise picks it up cuz that was a big pro- part of the problem. Uh all all the big wigs were were just kind of trying to make money like uh, like the two people that were mostly in charge just kind of didn't like it. I don't I don't think the last person to <laughs> that was in charge even had ever seen it. You know what I mean? So uh so I I'm, I'm hoping that that someone that's like a fan picks it up and does it right cuz it it never really got done right. It was always trying to be something different because they, they weren't fans of the original source material, you know?
1: When was it at its best?
3: What was it? What was that?
1: When was it at its best? What time period was it at its best? Like when you first joined?
3: Well, <laughs> uh, this, this is going to be patting myself on the back, but uh, there there was a, about a year right before I left when me and uh, the uh, the guy that plays Jake, Greg Corrin, uh, took over directing of it. And the fans that came said that it was the best at that time uh, because because like that that show is is unique because it's playing to a pre existing fan base and so right. that pre existing fan base has things that they want to see and so me and Greg were both big fans of the of the movies and so we we started turning it into a Evil Dead show you know and uh, people people responded to that very positively they're like yes this is exactly oh yeah like uh like we had this uh the scottish couple that came every year to see the show like from scotland like they come shit. out there yeah i mean we we got some people from around the world now I even Phil but... worse me
1: indeed didn't make it out there from knoxville now i feel like an even bigger <laughs> asshole <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: that's a drive <laughs> come on guys <laughs> actually that's, that's a long drive <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, the the last year when we had when we had done it for a year and we've really gotten into the shoes of the new way of doing it they said i don't know what you guys did this year but this is, I mean, I mean, they said, I don't know what you guys did this year, but it's fucking great. Yeah. So, nice. <laughs> but, uh, nice. but yeah, yeah, they, they really liked it. And so that that confirmed everything we'd done. And but that was right where it was starting to, like, fall apart a little bit. So it was good.
1: So why the change? I mean, why are you fixing not you, but why are they fixing something that's not broken? What was the mindset of, wow, this show's really taking off. Now let's go fuck with a bunch of sh- shit and run it into the ground.
3: Yeah, well, uh, the original guy was a big fan of uh, of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, not a big fan of Evil Dead, so uh, he, he always wanted it to be kind of more that Rocky Horror Picture Show feel, which the one thing I can say that he did that, that really worked was adding a lot more uh, audience interaction. I, I really love that about yeah, it. it yeah, Yeah, the rest of it just, just seemed a little, I don't know, like, like too campy, if you can believe that, for Evil Dead, uh, and and just... I don't know. It, it had more of that Rocky horror feeling to it, which I mean, Rocky Horror is fine, but it's never been my thing. I mean, transsexual, transylvania. It's weird. You know what I mean? I'm like coming from Evil Dead saying something's weird, but that's weird. <laughs> you know I mean? uh, and then the next guy, like uh, he, he was like a, kind of the investor guy. Uh, he was kind of more wholesome. Uh, and he, so he wanted to cut out all the cussing. Uh, like, like every, whoa, 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 these whoa, 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 guys, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Look, yeah, I know, right?
1: Intervention here. So, was the <laughs> name like I don't understand. Was the name on whatever paperwork when he signed on to it? Did he think Evil Dead was going to be like growing pains in the 80s, like some family Disney type show? Like, I don't understand why he would jump on board a project like that, knowing what it is, if he has those kind of values.
3: Well, uh, he, he was, uh, uh friends. Good friends with the the original guy that played Ash, and so he jumped on as the investor really early on. And he's he's a good guy. I mean, don't get me wrong, but he did. But you know, he was he was there to support his friend who was playing Ash. And then after he left the show, he realized that it was you know a a good vehicle. who was you know turning a profit and stuff like that. So he stayed on. Uh, and then after the other director left, we took over as director. He kind of stayed out for a little bit, but then he just started for some reason a, a switch happened, and he wanted. The show done his way, which, by the way, if you're a director, that is the worst way to do it. Play to what the fans not, what, not what you want. You know what I mean? Especially for, for a project like this. But not mean, agree more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, so he, he wanted to, <laughs> he just started making all these decisions like he was a director. But I mean, he's a finance guy. He's never done any kind of directing before. But, you know, he had to have the, the say in it because, you know, he's the, he's the money man. So we had like our hands were tied. And it also started to reflect on us as, as the actual directors, because they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, "Like, I'm not allowed to do anything. So it's like, See, there, I didn't it was know kind of a tight position to be in.
1: With the investors, it almost sounds like the investors is the fucking lobby, and the cast of Evil Dead are like senators, and they're like, "We're going to pull our funding if you don't push this bill through." And they are like, "I guess we'll do it then." So it's like the yeah. Senate's really in control, but they're really getting their um like puppet strings pulled from like this dark money from behind the scenes. Like I didn't know the investors had that much say on the creative direction of the pro- um project. That's really weird to me.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, after. Like the other director left, he kind of stepped in as the, as the main producer. And so then he, he heard that. And, for, and most people, a lot of people think that producer and director are just the same thing. Yeah, they're the same freaking thing. Uh, and so he, he thought that he should do the show his way. <laughs> Which, I mean, watch the movie first before you want to do something your way. You know, <laughs> like realize what is, <clears throat> is the pull to the show before you want to change things, you know? Once again, you know, don't fix something that isn't broken.
2: The, the thing is, though, I mean, I in and, and full disclosure, I have not seen the movie, but, you know, to me it sounds like a cohesivity issue. Like when you talked about, um, you know, taking the bullet – in your YouTube series, you know it's like, look, mm-hmm. if you've got a good opener, then the rest of it flows good. It makes it easy for everyone. I mean, if you've got eggs, flour, and sugar sitting on your counter, you're not going to try to make, you know, a, a, a spaghetti out of it. I mean, you 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 take what yeah. you have and you play to those strengths and you make it cohesive and you build on that brand and move forward. It sounds like it was a, a cohesivity issue where the where the direction of the show should have been and and where he wanted it to be or Two different things, and that's that's not good in in an artistic sense, but it's also not good in a yeah. business sense.
3: Yeah, yeah, which, which was weird to me. I I kept trying to uh, to let them know that like there's no business like they say there's no business like real business because it's true. Like it doesn't work like finance. It doesn't work like like uh, like being a manager at a place. Uh, which I mean, also a lot of the times the managers are in an office. They don't see what goes on on the floor. They don't have anything to do with. You know, they just say, oh, what's making money? What's not making money? Which is weird because what the things you want to do would make us make less money. <laughs> it sounds like you're not doing it even for even for you. This isn't good, you know? Well, they
1: don't see that though, right? Like you have to check your ego at the door. And I was just having this conversation with someone today. Like when we do these shows, I don't even consider it like my show and Strangling Jack is coming on my show to like do my bidding, whatever I want to talk about. I'll send you a link and be like, hey, here's a link to our episode. You know, and to me, it's like I own the Build-A-Bear workshop, but you're coming in and creating the bear and then walking out with it. So I don't yeah. feel like I have ownership or dominion over the creative content. I'm just kind of setting the stage and letting people come in and talk because that's what the fans want to hear. They don't want to hear me or I would just get on here by myself and go, hi, I'm Nick. Here's everything I think and do. They want to hear yeah. the fucking guests And because I have different people who listen to different shows only for that guest. Hey, I checked this out because I like Newhart. Well, do you like me? Nah, you can die. I like Newhart. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just the <laughs> asshole behind the mic just setting the stage. The guests come on here, and they are the true focus of the show, and it sounds like the guy that was trying to pull these strings didn't have any concept of that. And it's sad. I see that a lot in the creative world
3: when it comes yeah, to Yeah, and, like- and, and that's the other thing is, like, the creative world works so much differently than the uh, business world. Which I mean, from his standpoint, I'm, I'm sure that uh, he was doing the right thing, but that's just because he didn't have a lot of uh, uh, background in in entertainment, you know. Right, right,
1: definitely. All right, I want to move on um and kind of talk about your new movie. You actually have a couple things coming out, but I watched a trailer for immortal Wars and I mean this movie has Eric Roberts and Tom Sizemore, I'm a big Tom Sizemore fan in it, and it's a huge production. And I know some of the other stuff you've done, it's mostly just been indie type movies. What was the experience like taking part in this giant sci-fi production compared to like driving Bill crazy where you're pulling the strings and it's an indie project? I mean, is it really amped up? Do you get to interact with Tom Sizemore? Do you just, is it like, I imagine an indie project is more like family oriented. Is this more mechanical? Like stand there,
3: say this, goodbye. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit more mechanical. The only one that I really interacted with was, uh, was Eric Roberts. And uh, he, he, he just turns out so many films. That he can't memorize scripts i mean like uh you know nothing against him like it's, it's understandable uh so they had to have cue cards like huge uh cue cards all over the room and we were in a theater so like they were standing on ladders like, like posting cue cards on like railings and everything all across the theater uh, and because uh because yeah everything was much more mechanical and so he just like kind of read around did a couple of takes and like because this, you know, you think it's a, a, a big budget thing, but it was extremely low budget. And so he thought that, he, you know, that he. Well, the trailer the most, didn't I mean? look
1: that way. The trailer. No, looked, no, they did a really good
3: job. with yeah. it. yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I but was then also stunned. I mean, that trailer was magnificent. And I was like, man, dude, this is fucking totally legit. And I just trying to imagine you going into that production. It's got to amp things up for you standing in, in like with Eric Roberts in the middle of all that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I had a a small part like uh there's like these um like sector leaders from all around the world that that kind of back these uh these fighters kind of like their avatars and stuff like that. And I played the uh the head of the the Russian syndicate. And uh and so I I you know, I I didn't have a lot to do, but when but my moments, I uh, I really tried to capitalize on it and it ended up being pretty good. Yeah.
1: That is so cool, man. Um, do you get to, like, do these guys, these these big guys at the top of the, like, echelons of entertainment, did the Eric Roberts have any kind of interest in, like, having a beer with you afterwards? Or do you not even approach them in any kind of social sense because that's kind of taboo in that industry?
3: Uh, I mean, it, de- it depends on, uh, like, usually if you're a part that's a little closer to to the, the character, uh, you know, you can talk to them and have more interaction. You know, I said, hi and bye and all that stuff like that. But I really didn't have much interaction. With so the, you guys aren't Robert, going so fishing
1: anytime soon.
3: Oh, well, I mean, well next week, but, but other than, just no, I, <laughs> I barely said two words to the guy. Yeah, (laughs) it
1: must be so surreal. Like I'm trying to picture myself on that set. Fern, I mean, can you imagine being on set with somebody that you watched your whole life on TV or in movies and just standing there but being like, hey, you have to read these two lines and then you're out and you can't even really like me being the interviewing type. I would bug the shit out of them. I'd be like, hey, I got these 10,000 questions for you. (laughs) Can we go to your trailer and talk for six
2: hours? (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be totally surreal. And, you know, it would be, I'm sure it would be a little intimidating as well. Um, but, you know, you're in there to do a job and, uh, you know, have some fun and do your thing. And when you talk about, you know, can't remember your lines, I remember hearing somewhere, I don't know if it is true or not, but I remember hearing somewhere that Peter Falk used to have his lines written on the floor when he was shooting Columbo. And that's why you see him look down at the floor all the time during during the show is because he's actually reading his lines off the floor. So I think that genius sometimes, uh, if you can't remember lines, uh, it's kind of part of the job. But if you can't remember them, I still think the genius can shine through. And, yeah, I'd totally be very intimidated if I got on set with, oh, boy, a myriad of people, just a complete myriad oh, yeah. of people. And, yeah, I would want to talk to them and chat with them. And I think I think Nick so is you definitely could do more in that wheelhouse than I am,
1: though. With, like, Jim Carrey. Fern and Jim yeah. Carrey doing a sprint commercial.
2: Oh, my <laughs> God, that would be fan-freaking-tastic. I would have so much fun because he is very over the top and I would love to play off of something like that. That would be great. So when's the yeah, um,
1: coming out, Chris? Not to interrupt you, but I'm looking at the oh, IDP yeah. and this stuff always says post-production. Do you get timelines on this stuff?
3: It's weird. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't get uh, any timelines or anything like that. Um, they, they, <laughs> I just I hear about it on Facebook. Oh, there's a premiere. Like, they had the premiere for Remoto Wars like a year ago. So, I mean... <laughs> it could could be out on DVD by now. I have no idea. Uh, every once in a while, I'll be like on a on a group email, and they'll give us some kind of an update. But that's gotcha. that's as far as I yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> but yeah, oh, know. like like I've done a lot of projects, and half of them I haven't even seen. You know what I mean? Really. Oh, that's yeah. crazy,
1: dude. Yeah, I would totally be right on top of that stuff. Just because, I mean, I'm so hypercritical of myself. And I have finally just gotten to the point where I don't go back and listen to every episode and kind of take notes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've finally gotten to the point where I'm comfortable enough where I'm like, ah, if I sound like shit, whatever. I've done this enough times where I guess I can sound like shit sometimes.
3: Yeah, no, I I get it. And, like, if it's something that I made, I've I've seen this thing a thousand times, mostly because I made it. But uh, but usually when someone else makes something, it's like, and it's out. Like, there's nothing I can do to save my performance. Like, I, I saw one thing where, I mean... I had just read an acting book that screwed up my whole acting style and everything, <laughs> and, uh, and like I, I watched this thing, and I'm, I'm just like, dude, can you burn that, please? It's just garbage, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's like sometimes that's a reason not to watch it is because you know you, you you're afraid of what you're gonna see. Uh, otherwise, they just you know, I, no one tells you where, where to go to, go to watch to these process, things. But you got process, right? Like
1: I had to have a mullet and parachute pants before I got into this. <laughs> Spike <laughs> hair and goatee and dark glasses, <laughs> I have today, you know. So, I mean, that led, yes, a, led me to be, and I wouldn't be the handsome filler I am now if I didn't wear white snake shirts and fucking, you know, like I said, the green parachute pants with the stripe
3: up the side with my little mullet.
1: <laughs>
3: Sounds like you were always hip, is what it is. That's, that's all that says to me. <laughs> you always yeah. had your, your finger on the pulse of the nation.
1: Something <laughs> like that. All right. The next project. I am a big fan of Black Terror. That's actually my favorite comic book on Dynamite Comics. And I know um, it's kind of public domain now. That's how they were able to kind of pick it up and run with it. Mm -hmm. What's going on with this project? Because I couldn't find a whole lot of information about it. And it's something I definitely want to see
3: uh it's still in uh post-production they had, they had a lot of green screen work to do on this <laughs> and, like one of them is like the, one of the main bad guys wears a green suit i'm like and like the first thing i saw his outfit i'm like are you guys sure it's <laughs> be <Yeah, you're laughs> like those weatherman videos you see where they wear the wrong yeah. the fucking head
1: floating <laughs> over in the <Nevada. laughs> back
3: exactly And like i got an email from the guys like oh we're getting close to done there's a lot of green screen stuff especially his suit i'm like uh-huh. yeah i figured <laughs> Like only yeah, I was, I was a lot closer on that plot project. As a, uh, I was also. I, I think I have the most screen time on it. It's technically called the Stardust and Fantoma show, but there, it's about Black Terror. So I had a, a kind of the starring role. I, you know, most lines and screen time.
1: Um, is it a movie? Is it kind of like a series that's going to be on YouTube? Give me some context on it.
3: Yeah, so uh, it's part of a, a series that was really crazy about the Illuminati. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. Oh but, no. uh that's the way it came out but uh it it was so different uh and so not about the illuminati that they kind of made it its own thing and so now they call it stardust and fantoma show episode one or pilot you know that type of thing so it's going to be about 30 minutes um and and so it's not like a like a feature-length film or anything like that it was like a small project that they wanted to do for fun but it just kind of snowballed you know
1: well, just remember, planet Earth, like that flat Earth bullshit, is out the window. Planet Earth is actually a giant fidget spinner. You heard it here first, guys. That's right. I, I heard that. It's... Well, is the word finally getting around? I figured. Is the truth yeah, coming yeah, out of yeah, yeah. people getting woke to the true nature of our planet?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Facebook's talking about it, so I mean, it must be real. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: All right, I want to also chat a little bit uh, about the video again, about your 100 days of Strangling Jack, because I learned that, you, like, I, I knew you were a comedian, but I didn't know you were so, like, really into the world of Im- doing impressions. Do you consider yourself, oh, like, yeah. a rich little impressionist more, or a comedian more? Like, how do you define yourself?
3: Uh... I, I prefer not to be defined as an impressionist. That's probably like how I've got the most, um, you know, the uh, most known is for the impressionist because like not a lot of people can do them, but I, I do all kinds. I mean, I do songs. I, I do just straight up jokes, like, like the whole second half of this, uh, like, cause I do several sets in this show. Uh, the, the, the whole next chunk of sets, Uh, is character work but not really impressions but mostly just straight up jokes and it and it you know got the same response it was just just as good um I I think the uh the impressions are an advantage but I don't think that uh that they're you know the most important thing yeah
1: well I didn't know you went viral with like a Kavanaugh Reeves um
3: video (laughs) that you
1: did until I watched this latest episode and I mean it was fucking spot on
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, definitely. It's funny because that one people are like, "Where do I know you from?" And, and I'll tell them that, and they're like, "Oh, fuck yeah, I saw that." You know. But I mean, it was like probably a decade ago. You know. Wow, was that so was so much thinner stuff? and healthier again. <laughs> oh yeah, that. I think that one came out right at right after YouTube started. But like a lot of our sketches were before YouTube was even out. So it's all like if you look at our old sketches, like they're funny, but the production value is so bad because YouTube only lets you uh, upload to like 360. You know, the, Plus, HD wasn't that even a thing. To be just 12
1: so. minute videos. You could only do like 12 minute videos on YouTube back in the day.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, thankfully, we back in the day we only did sketches. We didn't do anything long form until much later. So 12 minutes was fine for us. Although, although many of our sketches were way too long, you know. We didn't know how to edit ourselves. But still they didn't reach the twelve minute mark, you know.
1: So you were pretty much doing comedy straight out of high school. Like it was that like you were in high school and you're like, Yeah, I'm just gonna do comedy forever. You never like was like Chris Wideman, the accountant, gonna become no. a student. Yeah,
3: like I, I toyed with other ideas, but it was so obvious that that uh, performance was something that I was gonna be doing for a long time and especially on the comedic side of it. Uh, Like I was the class clown from probably ninth grade on. And then at the end of uh, high school, I started like kind of coaching improv. And then in college, I was kind of like the improv coach. And then after that, we started our own theater where we were doing improv, obviously. And so like improvisation, I've been doing for a thousand years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know there was that much history behind it. All right, we got to cut out of here um i'm going to be asking this i guess it's late enough in a month i can start asking this What does 2018 hold for strangling jack what do you got on your plate and do you have a vision of where you want to be by this time next year
3: uh, this time next year uh, i i would like to be uh filming a stand-up comedy special so i mean continue with the stand-up comedy stuff um a pe- I'm I'm sure I'll get roped into a lot more projects. Is like now I don't I don't audition for things. Like I, I just don't. People just call me up and be like, "Can you be in this thing?" Nice. <laughs> like, That's sure. a sweet place uh, to be. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's usually like you know low budget things. But I mean, it was the same thing with the Mortal Wars. I, I never auditioned for it. They called me up, uh, and like uh, some of the the old like really good looking stuff. Uh, yeah. I I, I hate auditioning, so I just don't do it. (laughs) Actually, I did audition for Evil Dead, though. Like, it was something like that. It was, like, so I got to get that. I I had to audition. Um, But you auditioned for uh,
1: that when? That was, like, four years ago, right?
3: Yeah. I I, I think I auditioned for it in, like, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it was almost five years ago that I auditioned. It It was great. Like, like, uh, they called me the same day. And said, so, yeah, you got it. I'm like, oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah. Not like
1: pacing it back and forth like you're waiting on your results from your STD test.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> those are the worst days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I want to do uh, the stand-up special. Uh, I'm going to have the second uh, or the, the second half of the first season of uh, 100 Nights. Actually, by this time next year, I should be into the second season of it. Um, is it
1: going to be a hundred nights per season, or are you just doing a hundred nights and you're out?
3: Uh, no, no. It's uh, I think there's thirty ep- or thirty nights per season, so it's three seasons uh, will be uh, the hundred nights, and then if it, I mean if it takes off, then we'll do two hundred nights and three hundred nights, you know, whatever. Because um, I, I and that that's kind of something I want to stick to do is because if you look uh, and in the links of all these shows, you can see the actual full length stand-up shows which you know I caution you not to watch because they're terrible but you can you can you can follow the entire progress and so that's something I want to keep doing is having people be able to follow the whole progress so you know when I actually get good they can be like oh look look compare that to the early stuff and then see all the all the shit that I went through and then they can kind of map that out as their own journey plan you know if they want to be in that industry.
1: Where are you on that timeline? Like, how many shows do you have under your belt? That's already in the can, ready to be released.
3: Uh, a little over fifty. Oh
1: so shit! Yeah. You know,
3: wow. Well, I mean, like the, the comics that you see, like even even the lowest comic on television has done close to a thousand or more. Like, like the same with like like with improv, I I have no idea how many I've done thousands you know, of shows. Uh, so so it, it's like like fifty is nothing in that world, you know.
1: But where are you now that you're halfway through that process? Do you look at show one and go, holy shit, I'm so much better now
3: than show one? Yeah. Or is it
1: incremental?
3: No, I, yeah, it's like it is incremental, but you look back all the way to the beginning and you're like, oh, my God. You know? like I, I, I now pace around a lot less. Uh, I've got things down. Uh, but also like like now I've done like comedy clubs. And so I've bombed at comedy clubs and, you know, seeing why. Uh, and, and then it started like, uh, taking notes on the, uh, the actual, the comedians that are doing well, that are obviously the pros. And so I see like the difference between what I'm doing and what they're doing and seeing it live and in person, it makes it, it makes a much better impact than just watching some YouTube video, you know? And so I'm able to like really see what the difference is. And so I, I incorporate that sort of thing. And so it, it's layers of getting better and better and better.
1: Is so much of it dependent on confidence? Like, could you just have mediocre yeah. material, but go up there like, I don't give a fuck, and be better than someone who has gold star material and is shaking all the old time?
3: Oh, yeah. You know that old uh, adage of, like, uh, like a good comedian can read the phone book and make it funny? That, right. that is very, very true. Yeah, it's all about delivery style. Like, your material is almost inconsequential, you know?
1: Wow. So you just have to have the balls to go up there and just be like, I don't care. Like, I always wondered why there wasn't a comedian that went up there with the idea like I'm going to bomb and was like, I'm just because oh, yeah. of, I've told this story on air before. I used to be in a band called Even Steven. And I played bass and I kind of was like in the shadows as most bass players are. I didn't have a whole lot of focus on me. And I had this idea that I wanted to do this song that I wrote called Jock Asshole. And it was kind of my revenge song to all the jocks that beat me up in high school. And the first time I went on stage, I grabbed this blow-up doll, and I put my hands over my eyes, and I just went fucking bananas. And the thought process was, if I go out here and make the biggest, giant, most embarrassing asshole of myself as I can, then every show after this will be easier because it'll be less embarrassing. It's like starting Zelda at level 50 and then going back and playing level one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so I was right, like, if yeah. I just go out here to purposely make a fool of myself, it's like Bill Bill Murray and What About Bob. If I pretend I have cancer, then I don't have cancer because I'm pretending. Like if I just go out there and, and just be the biggest asshole I can, then I can't be embarrassed I'm an asshole because that was my intent. So I wonder yeah, why no uh, comedian was ever like, I'm going to go out here and bomb and just suck.
3: Well, actually, if you go to an open mic, like, that's nine of the guys up there just like really? <laughs> like just bombing. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I've seen that where they, or, or actually, like, uh, even Jim Carrey, just talking about Jim Carrey. Like, uh, he, he was doing great being an impressionist and all that stuff, and uh, then he just decided to stop doing impressions and go up there and just, like, like, basically to do exactly that, to bomb so that he can get over it. Uh, and I, I, even Louis C.K., <laughs> poor Louis, has stories about that where it's just like uh, you, you intentionally do bad so you can dig yourself out of it and it becomes a challenge for yourself. So, uh, yeah, but yeah I've seen that. It like, uh, <laughs> what was that?
1: I said, yeah, I'm with that. And by the way, nobody's going to care about that story about Louis C.K. anymore. That's not a story oh, yeah. we're interested in listening to. And we were supposed to talk about the sexual harassment, but that's such a can of worms now. We could talk six hours about it. It's so insane what's going on.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a, almost a hands-off issue right now. I mean, because it's bombarded. It's, I think it's kind of counterproductive, that issue. Now we're talking about it. <laughs> because like, every, it's getting attacked so much from so many different angles that it's becoming white noise. When, when it's such a serious issue that it needs to not be white noise, it needs to be in the forefront. Uh, but, but like so many instances are happening that people are just kind of like tuning out. And I think it's kind of a bad thing.
1: Well, I mean, everybody's getting caught up in this maelstrom of accusations now because mm-hmm. the little Dutch boy has had his finger in a hole in the fucking dam for so long. And it's been building and building. It's not like it's oh, yeah. kind of regulating a release. And it's like, here's this charge. Like, that dam has broken. And now anybody who's ever felt slighted by anybody is like, now's my time to speak and finally have power. And I think there's a yeah. lot of that behind. And I think people who are not complete bags. Who may just be a you know a little bit like my grandpa sleazy are getting caught up in this in a time when they wouldn't have if this damn didn't break in such a
3: way. Yeah, but I mean, also in a good, in, in a way, it's a very good thing, you know. It's like all yeah, right, to hands off, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, so it's two sides of that is like, is it too much or is it enough? Is it what's supposed to be happening right now, you know?
1: Yep, Fern, do you want to add anything before we jump out of here? Yeah, first, I
2: just want to take offense to you uh, using the whole little Dutch boy putting his finger in the hole in the dam <laughs> I was reference say, when talking about sexual harassment.
1: And I myself back from saying.
2: He puts his in the I'm just going to go on record and say, Nick, that's offensive, and you will be hearing from my lawyer. Um, no, I think that uh, this this is totally. I think I, I think there are people crawling out of the woodwork. Like you know, if you give somebody a hug and you touch their back, you know, Garrison Keeler I think, is getting kind of a bad rap right now. Aww, um, poor but well, you know, I just think you know, if you address the issue and say, hey, you know, that wasn't my intent. I'm really sorry if I made you uncomfortable. She emails back and say, no, it's Cool. I get it. It was just a tough time, and the and the situation is squashed. It doesn't need to come up twenty years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that I agree with the behavior, whatever his intent was. But if the situation squashed, it's squashed. But when you're talking complete and utter sexual harassment, sexual abuse, um, you know, the cat calls. I mean, being a female going out to a bar, I've experienced it all. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's good that this is coming to the forefront. And, yes, it does need to change. The perception needs to change. Women are not objects. Men are not objects. Women shouldn't treat them that way either unless they want to be treated that way. Then that's a whole different <laughs> Say, story.
1: I want to be an object. How do I become an object? Well, I throw my wallet uh, back? <laughs> Behind the bedroom doors, that.
2: what you do is what you do. But, you know, out in public, if I'm wearing a skirt or a low-cut shirt, that does not give you the right to come and grab my ass or stare at my tits. It really absolutely. doesn't. So I, I just I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and it does need to be addressed. But at the same time, I do think there's probably a few things out there that – are probably bullshit as well, and that's the real travesty because what that does is that detracts from the real victims and the people yeah. who have been assaulted in a very, very horrible way. So we got to be careful and vet, you know, the information and move on from there. Yeah,
3: exactly. I think it's like the the hack industry thing. Like, I'll, I'll relate it to comedy. Like when you're when you're a comedian, if you if you're good. It's hard for you to stand out because there's so many people that are that are that are shitty, you know, uh, and so it, it becomes something where they just don't want to see anything. And so like when you get more and more of the ones that are like small, like no, none of it's small, honestly, first of all, none of it's small. But so many of the, of the, the little ones that, that people are kind of like tuning out of, then it makes you tune out of the whole conversation. Yep. And I think that's what's happening with that. And, and I mm-hmm. think it's, it's very bad. You know, that, that that's happening. But I mean, also, every single little thing has to be known to the world, because I mean, every look to your right and to your left. Both of those girls have been sexually harassed or assaulted or much worse. And so like like this barrage is kind of necessary at the same time, because people need to know that this is happening every day to everyone. You know, so it's kind or of hard to say, anymore. like, yeah, you know, so it's hard to figure out how to, how to kind of fix the problem, you know.
1: Well, oh, we're navigating yeah. all kinds of new problems now, and we'll oh, yeah. go ahead and cap it off there. Otherwise, I'm going to be on the phone with you for six hours. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. talking just, about this issue. Yes, just this issue. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Oh,
3: okay, so uh, just Google Strangling Jack, first, uh, but also... Uh, Actually, Facebook. I would
1: say don't Google that because I googled it the other day, and some like <laughs> dude that murdered his um, nephew or something by strangling him came up like news articles for this guy in like oh, Arizona no. strangling Jack who killed. It's his worse fucking... if
2: you look at the images.
1: Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm not going there. <clears throat> Yeah, I just the, yeah. the other day. I uh, googled "strangling Jack" and it's like Jack Johnson from Phoenix, Arizona murdered his kid, strangled him to death, gets twenty years. And I had to go like through three or four of them to find you.
3: Oh uh, no! Usually it's like I'm like the only thing you see. Now, I mean, I'm sure that'll that'll disappear in like two weeks, but <laughs> but for now, people can't find me. Um, okay, so Facebook "strangling Jack" or "strangling Jack" official, Instagram "strangling Jack," uh, Twitter "strangling Jack," stranglingjack dot uh, All those places you can find stuff.
1: Um, And I need you to make an on-air promise to me. It's not going to be another two years before we have you back.
3: I promise, with my hands together in praying position, I promise to be on the show, you know, within a year and a half. <laughs> I could ask for nothing more.
1: All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Um, we're actually doing it live today. If anybody wants to go on Mixler and check it out, we'll be talking with George Basil from Flaked and Crashing and Wrecked, and so many other great shows over the last year, year and a half. Otherwise, we'll have it up on our archive page next week. Everybody, have a great holiday coming up. I guess I can still say happy holidays, even though Trump won the war on Christmas. Am I still allowed to say happy holidays?
3: No, nope, yeah. Merry Christmas. Not allowed, say it. not allowed to say happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, none of that
1: stuff. Yeah, am I not allowed to say that per like the, the Treaty of Rudolph or something? <laughs>
3: the Treaty of Rudolph.
1: Happy the almost New Year. There, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, there
3: you go. <laughs> All
1: right, guys. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. All right. See you later. Thanks.
3: With our very own special dance! How the hell do demons do their very own special dance? In hell we dance our own special way Let's show them how we dance while our bodies decay Don't we bounce like Backstreet? Not without a heartbeat Do we grab like Michael Bivens? before the living Do we walk like Tex? Not without a bloodstream! Let's rock a like that group did! No, that's just stupid! Deadites always like to get their freak on!